Welcome to Tony Steak Podcast. Welcome to the Tony Steak Podcast, episode 168. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we have Tony Katz. Yes, hello, hello, hello. And from downtown off-road, Andy. Yeah, I guess you can call this downtown orange. Um, I'm probably yeah, about six blocks away from it. Yeah, are they yeah. still looting over there? What's going on? Uh, there's a protest at the 7-Eleven. Um, not about coronavirus, just uh, the gas. <laughs> it's too what cheap. About the, what about they the abortion abortion clinic? <laughs> uh, surprisingly, they uh, have been staying home. Oh, wow. Not that big of a deal in huh. these times. Are people really protesting gasoline? What? <laughs> Didn't, is that what you just said at 7-Eleven? I think you're kidding. Yeah. That I don't know. Something. People like to protest. People are bored. I filled up my tank today. Two twenty nine a gallon. Yeah, that's what it is. Enjoy it while it lasts. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't really enjoy it because you can't go anywhere. But, uh, but yeah, this is our sports pod. Thank you for tuning in and uh, hit that subscribe button and share with a friend. You guys are quarantined and uh, you're bored, so listen in. And we're getting we're getting plays all over the world. Shout out uh, South Africa, Australia, the whole deal. But uh, shall we just jump right on in and uh, we have a, a matchup rematch, I guess. Uh, Phil Tiger 2.0. Yeah, there's a little twist here, though, this time. So, uh, Ooh, a twist. This was uh, end of 2018, I believe. It was the day after Thanksgiving. They had this uh, one-on-one matchup, Tiger versus Phil. So like the two greatest golfers of our generation uh, in Vegas, one-on-one. And it was uh, a disastrous uh technology fail where they couldn't get the uh the uh, pay-per-view to work and they ended up just giving it everyone to everyone for free but we ended up missing like the first three or four holes or something but uh it it was worth it it was it was fun it was had been a while since you know there was a real meaningful golf it was a good time to put it on and uh we were excited to see whether they're gonna do another one and uh they didn't do one last year but i think in our predictions we said yeah they're, they're gonna definitely do this again with something something like this and uh, now with the whole coronavirus thing, they uh, there's a big demand for new programming, so they're doing it again. In uh, sometime next month, they haven't confirmed the dates, and it, obviously this is, can be canceled at any moment. But uh, instead of just Tiger versus Phil, they're adding Manning versus Brady. Whoa! So the two uh, you know living legends at quarterback, and uh, I believe you. Uh... I don't know if you, because uh, it's Mickelson and Brady versus Mannion and Woods. and I, I actually I, did not see the matchup. Okay. Yeah. So, and I don't know if you saw uh, Brady, which means you probably didn't see Brady's quote, but Brady had a quote that said, I've had no problem in my career beating the Colts or the Bengals. This shouldn't be any different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's no team that he has had trouble with. So, uh, yeah. I don't think his NFL success can translate to golf, but uh, you would think. I, he, for some reason, I would assume Brady is a better golfer. He was is. playing golf in that Entourage episode, and he looked yeah, like he, he knew how to was. swing a club. I, I imagine they split it up to where it's like they think Tiger's better than Phil, and then Brady's better than Manning, so that's how they have it, I imagine, yeah. split up. They should do like a, uh, you know, someone, uh, Romo and uh, Dustin Johnson or something get to, because Romo's supposed to be great. Romo's really good. I think Steph so, Curry's pretty good, too. Yeah. It'd be fun to actually see someone who's really, really good. But yeah, that's that's exciting to have something. I hope I hope it does happen. I'm always going to be skeptical of these things. Is it going to be uh, whether it happens again? in May? I don't know all the details yet. I, th- I, mean, I think it's, I, t- I think it's, it's still TNT. Turner. Yeah, ah, very so. good. It was the same thing. The Bleacher Report is how they did it last time. Um, 
but like the regular golf, like the PGA wants to uh, start in July. So I think I think golf actually has a chance to actually get back because it doesn't need to have big crowds. I'm sure the golfers don't even like the crowds. Yeah, I prefer to play with no crowd myself. Yeah, I, I think I it'll think all. I think it'll all come demand. back. I think it'll all come back with no crowd. I mean, they're really pushing the NBA and stuff. They're gonna start opening golf, facilities. Golf is so. Uh, golf has social distancing built into it. You know, you put yeah, one in true. the woods and no one's around you. Well, I know you're not a golfer, Andy, but they've actually opened up a lot, like pretty much all the golf courses in Orange County now. Yeah. So and, yeah, you're uh, right. People aren't going to take advantage of that, right? Oh yeah, I already have. <laughs> so well, but, that's that's uh, it's good news. It's nice to have some good news. Yeah, and I'm definitely on, looking forward uh, to that. The NBA really quick, I saw that they postponed when teams are allowed to practice again because the Atlanta Hawks were uh, not into it. Ooh. Because it was like May 1st or something. Now it's the 7th of May that they can start practicing again. The Atlanta Hawks are like, oh shit, we need to, for this playoff run. Right, Andy? Yeah. Well, no, Steve, Steve Kerr put out a statement today saying like, we're we're just acting as if there is no season because obviously <laughs> for them it was a lost season, so. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, I think come back. I think that's got to be interesting though, because even if like, especially for those sports like basketball and hockey, it's like if they did come back, it's I just find it tough. Like, what kind of motivation are you gonna have? How do you even get back into it? It's almost like the season's basically started over, and you're just starting in the playoffs. At least for baseball, they haven't even started, and then for uh, golf, it's like they really didn't start either. But even actually, no, I guess they did have a few tournaments. But with golf, it's like you know every day's different. You know. You're just out there golfing, but it's not a team sport. So you don't have to yeah. worry about that chemistry and make sure that everybody else is in shape. You just have to worry about yourself. You got to have chemistry with your caddy. Yeah. <laughs> make them be their own caddies. And that would be. Five iron. Huh? Would they do that? Well, yeah. you're fired. <laughs> bye bye. It's like, that's the only scenario where you guys can come back. Is you have to carry your own clubs. Would they do it? Not <laughs> all of them. No way. Yeah. Actually, that's a good point though, Andy. You never know. I'm sure some of them can absolutely do it, no problem. Some of those guys are like in crazy shape. I think most of them, the younger guys for sure. Yeah. Well, it used to be like in the '90s, there'd be like like John Daly was not that different. He was still unique, but like a yeah, lot but of he had a guy different. holding his stogies in his beer. Yeah. He wasn't a caddy for his clubs. He was holding a cooler. Alrighty. I'm just hearing bangs. What's going on over there? That's <laughs> yeah, it's fine. So, what do we got next? <laughs> Uh, a follow up on last week's story about the uh, the G League team featuring the uh, the young. Uh, so Tony, you'll never you'll never believe it, but Andy got a call right after this. He's oh, going to wow. try out and play on the G League. Yeah, Congrats, since I Andy. still have uh, I still have four years of college eligibility. So like you know, you never went through the draft. But um, uh, another person who hasn't uh, gone through the draft, his name is Daishen Nix. He was committed to UCLA. Uh, no more. He is not going to go to UCLA. He's going to stay in LA, though, and uh, play for this new G League team that's going to feature the best high school players out there. Uh, he was uh, a five-star recruit. He was 20th on ESPN's list. And uh, that's a big blow to UCLA, who's had a rough stretch since the whole Lonzo Ball and that kind of the Ball family mess. They haven't that had gave him a bad rap, having the balls. And uh, this was their, their top guy for this year, and he's not going to come play for him and like I said, I think it's the beginning of the end for college basketball, but that's a it's a hard oh, yeah. thing to take for one of the premier programs in in the sport who just hasn't got it together that to have one of these top guys taken from you. So, is this the end of NCAA 
sports, basketball, what have you, um, how are they going to you know, balance this out to keep people wanting to play in college for a year or two? I whatever? don't think they, I mean, they already had that new rule about you can get paid for your likeness, which is not going to help a lot of people. And it probably wouldn't help a guy like this who like, while he's a five star, he wasn't, um, you know, a huge name right away. So yeah, I, I don't even remember so, what you said his name was. Something Nicks. I I can Dai Shen. I don't know how to pronounce it. One of those uh, one of those people though, Andy, was uh that you could say it would help like for someone that isn't that big of a player, but like their jersey sales would benefit them, would have been that kicker on uh Texas whose last name is Dicker. <laughs> because trust me, he was in a lot of uh memes and stuff like that and people would talk about him because it's just of his last name and it's just like imagine all the frat guys out there they'd love to wear that jersey so it is kind of funny to think that like somebody that's you know of no relevance just being a kicker at texas you know could actually get some good jersey sales yeah but you can still have a jersey sale in the you know g league even right well, I'm saying that was that was how the ncaa was going to keep these players in is that they can make a little bit of side money now um, yeah, but for like if you got paid like 12 cents for something, you're banned for life. Um, but now, yeah, but just going on top of, you know, that's not going to help their case when they're getting, you know, 500 K or whatever. But if they can also sell their jerseys with, you know, the Wombats as the team, you know, I'm sure there's some sort of endorsement restrictions with this G League thing, too, as well, um, because they don't want you to, to do a deal before you're even in the NBA. Um, like you imagine if you're. You get drafted by the Warriors, and now you, you've already signed with uh, Nike, and Steph Curry's pissed at you now because he's an Under Armour guy. You don't want that situation. I suppose that's true. I don't know. But, um, yeah, it just it makes this team more exciting. It makes college basketball worse. But yeah, there's still going to be, be diehard fans. I'll watch both. I mean, March Madness, obviously. I haven't watched much college this year at all, but. I'm not going to miss that. I imagine it's still competitive enough, but yeah, the G league could easily take over. Yeah. Like the Duke students are still going to love their team regardless. And I mean, Andy, I mean, I'll just say it too, like for this year, especially, and I, and I wasn't the only one that said this. I, I remember talking to a few people about it. I didn't pay attention to college basketball, like at all this season, like even up until, uh, like the tournaments, like I kind of started paying attention a little bit, but like the years past, like I, I bet on a lot of college basketball games. I watched a lot and this year I just didn't get into it. And it was just such a weird year because all the number one teams kept losing. And then it was, you know, we had made our prediction about like Michigan state who was number one to start, how they uh, got to like 20 to one odds. And then they started getting it going a little bit. And then it looked like, Oh, they could be a possible contender. Who knows? You know, now it's like, who knows? I mean, it looks like Kansas was the, the top team, but who knows what would have happened? Yeah, it's it's a lost season, but I mean, no one really cares that much aside from, yeah, the super diehards, but like, I don't know, does legacy matter that much for college basketball teams? When they're like, well, we won in 97. I think it matters way more for pro teams. Yeah, easily. Well, I think that's, uh, that's it for that story. Um, it's something to look forward to with basketball is that there there's still good players coming in despite not seeing any games there's still f- the future to look forward to um the last thing we're going to talk about in this uh, sports episode the bulk of our show here is all about the future and that is the NFL draft which is one mm-hmm. of the premier sports events every year even in normal times but especially now that this was like really the first big live sports event even though it wasn't like a competition or a game it was 
still live sports and yeah, and you could uh, you could bet on this stuff also. So I mean, I'm sure a lot of the gamblers out there who haven't bet on gotten to bet on one of the four major sports in a while were all excited to uh, at least play some wagers on this because you could do like, for example, uh, what receiver would go first, you know, or like Jerry, like what the odds of the player landing on this team and just stuff like that. Yeah, and I like it had everything. I saw like there's a. Uh the odds of what if the Patriots will trade out of their first round pick because they usually do that. And of course they did. But I mean, yeah, I don't know how many people got super into that, but there's not a lot to bet on right now. Yeah. There's not actually like the site I used to use is offering. I don't know if I said this last week, I might've, but that they're offering that you could bet on a, like they'll simulate a basketball game and they'll, or a football game and they'll even give a spread and stuff and, me and a buddy of mine were doing trying to do that for a little bit, and it's uh, like actually doing the book for it. And it's uh, it's, uh, it's you can't really set a line for video games. It's uh, very completely random. You really have nothing to handicap. There's no trends. There's no anything. So I mean, on any given day, anything can happen. Like I was talking to someone who said uh, he was uh, betting on it, and somebody was a a team was a fourteen and a half point favorite and lost straight up. Which I mean can happen in real life too. But I mean on video games, it's like you just have no idea. Yeah, I mean, at that point, it's just a casino, and uh, people like casinos, and they're not open either. No, they're not. So uh, let's get into the draft, huh? We uh, look like the first couple picks were as expected. Yeah, Burrow going to the Bengals, everyone knew that was going to happen, and then Chase Young, probably the best player in the draft, going to the Redskins. So yeah, no surprise, but then number three is where a lot of people expected the Lions to pit the Chargers and Dolphins against each other to try to get the quarterback that they wanted. Most people thought Tua, that's that's the one that they both wanted and that the Lions would force one of them to trade up so that they didn't lose out. It didn't happen, so the Lions had to stay put at three and they drafted the guy they probably wanted all along, Jeff Okuda, another Ohio State defender who completely elite player. and That's the right pick if they had to stay in it, so... Yeah, they talked about also how the first three picks all played at Ohio State together a couple of years yeah. ago. So pretty pretty crazy. And that team did not win a title in any of those years, so that just tells you how crazy the well, dominance were, of Alabama was. Um, the, the next pick was uh, the Giants who took Andrew Thomas a tackle, and that was expected that they were going to take a tackle, but maybe not him. But in this draft, there were four offensive tackles that were like the elite prospects. And no one really said like which one was obviously better, that they were all kind of equal. So that they went with Thomas, you know, makes sense to some people. Um, that's You always want to take, you always want good offensive linemen, so good pick. And then here's where uh, it really gets exciting. Number five was the Dolphins. And the Dolphins had so many rumors flying around them with, with this draft. Like they were going to trade up to get Tua, they were going to trade up to take a tackle. They're going to try to trade up without trading number five because they had all these other picks and no one really knew what they'd doing except in the end, I think it was obvious that they had Tua higher. I mean, that's who they, they picked, but they, uh, that they weren't going to do all this stuff. There were reports that, Oh, they actually like Herbert, but you know, they just, they stayed put and they got their guy. They went with Tua and that left the chargers with uh, no decision to make. They didn't have to choose. They just went with the guy still available, Justin Herbert, and we'll never know whether they have him ranked higher. They did. Their GM said today that yes, if Herbert was gone, we would have taken two at six. So 
I don't know. This is going to be, those two players will be linked for forever. Yeah, it should be uh, interesting to see how they do together, and st- or I mean, how they do this year in, this, in the league. Well, if either one will even play at all. I, I'm, right I'm going to predict think- that uh, Justin Herbert comes in like week five, week six, you know, Tyrod Taylor, if that's the guy to start for the Chargers, will maybe get to like a two and three start and they'll have to make the move to the young kid, Andy. And that's what's going to be the hopeful, the hopefulness for yeah. you Charger fans. So it it's definitely interesting. This this So these two players being linked is that everyone knows that Tua is the higher, like the better prospect just on talent wise, but the big risk is the injury. You know, he missed the end of the year. It maybe he's a little more fragile where Herbert is significantly bigger. He's more athletic. Doesn't seem he, he was like a four-year starter. Doesn't seem like he has any problems with injuries, but he has doesn't have the accuracy that Tua has. He just wasn't nearly as productive. And a lot of people really called out that, that Herbert, despite like having some success and you know winning the Rose Bowl, winning Rose Bowl MVP, didn't really put up big numbers like you'd expect from a quarterback in a big program. That he was like sixth in passer rating in the Pac-12 alone. Uh, so the Chargers will really have to actually do some work with him. He's not. A developed prospect they really have to make sure that they put him in the right position to succeed and take advantage of the other skills he has that you know we've had phil rivers for 15 years and the guy can't move at all and herbert is actually he's it's like he's like josh allen i think he's a better prospect than josh allen and he's probably not as athletic as josh allen but that's what the kind of player he is he's a great athlete so oh there you go actually like you know put some things in the playbook to take advantage of that and uh, we've definitely seen that over this last year with not only Josh Allen, but Lamar Jackson, of course, that you can make quarterbacks do different things now. Yes, you can. So picking after the Chargers were the Panthers, and they went with Derek Brown, a really good defensive lineman, interior lineman. The, the kind of, those guys that just kind of like wreck it for everyone else. They might not put up 15 sacks, but they make uh, everyone else better around them. So that's the kind of player he should be, and that's what they, they want. Not like super exciting. Probably not going to get some any defensive player of the year votes, but you know could could be a big part of that defense. And and the Panthers went all defenses draft. I think they were one of the first teams ever. They didn't pick one offensive player. Who's uh their quarterback again now? Oh, Bridgewater. Andy Bridgewater. Yeah. All right. And they still have so, McCaffrey. I mean, they, so they've got talent. Yeah. Um, they had that. Who was their good young receiver last year? DJ Moore. Moore. And then yeah. yeah. Yeah, we'll see how they do. I mean, I mean, hey, maybe the Panthers are like that's what got us to the Super Bowl a few years ago. I mean, yeah, Newton did good, but ultimately it was that mean defense they had too. Yeah, when they had Keekley and Davis, well, right? I, I think everyone wants to follow the 49ers formula because the Chiefs formula formula is impossible because it's get Patrick Mahomes. Oh yeah, and there's only one of him. But the like build around strong defensive line, you can do that. So yeah, uh, but pick pick an eighth, the Cardinals. Uh, Exciting young team. Everyone loves to see what they're going to do. They went with Isaiah Simmons, who is a very exciting prospect. Doesn't really have a position. Super athletic. Ran like four four forty as a linebacker. Pretty good. Um, yeah. The, the risk with him is you don't know where to play him and how to get the most out of him. But if you have a creative defensive coordinator. I mean, that's, that's the risk. But I mean, it's also kind of like he could be potentially a weapon because they did show that chart of everywhere he played in defense last year, the snaps, and it was literally all over the place from defensive end to like linebacker to corner to safety. Yeah. I mean, this guy can line up anywhere. So if he ends up yeah. being as good as, you know, you would hope he is, that could be a big time weapon sometime down the line. Yeah, he's being compared to um, 
Tyron Matthew and Derwin James, both those guys play safety, while Simmons is probably the linebacker, but does it really matter? I mean, football is so different. It's no one lines up in their base defense anymore, so that's a player to watch. That could he could easily be a defensive player or defensive rookie of the year. Um with the ninth pick, the Jaguars got CJ Henderson, a cornerback. You know, the league you need good defensive backs. They traded AJ Bouye uh this offseason and they traded Jalen Ramsey in the middle of the last year, so they needed cornerback help. And then finally in the top ten, Cleveland got their left tackle. Huge need for them. You know, Baker got sacked. He threw a bunch of terrible picks. Yeah, they, uh, a lot of the they, blame went on the offensive line. Everybody knew the offensive line was going to be their uh, big weakness, so it was definitely smart for them. You got to figure out the, what you got with Baker. The thing Give with Cleveland is you get like sometimes it's like you have teams up here that are just bad teams that have like good picks like the Redskins, the Giants, the Dolphins. But then there are some teams up here in the top 10 that are actually like good teams that just had a bad season, you know, like the Chargers and the the Browns and stuff. Well, yeah, so, like the Panthers, they were without their quarterback all year long. Yeah. And I think they're still a solid team. Yeah, they have uh, the best, the, arguably the, the best running well. back. They had their quarterback out for most of the season. I, even like the Bengals have talent. Oh, yeah, I was actually looking at the Bengals, uh, that roster. I mean, if Joe Burrow comes out here and, you know, has a is an impact quick, that Bengals uh, offense actually might be pretty fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, I like um, why am I blanking on his name? I don't like him that much. Then the receiver who had to kind of step up being number one last year. Oh, uh, why am I completely? Wow, oh, on I, his name? I even picked him up in a fantasy league too for a little bit. But, but he's I mean, good. Yeah, have, if he's only the number two, oh, they also uh, picked up. Oh my god, I had it and then it disappeared. Boyd. Yeah, they also picked up a receiver in the second round, T. Higgins out of Clemson, who yeah, he's a big good. target, then, productive guy. Oh, so. AJ Green's still there, right? Yeah. So I, mean, we'll I imagine he'll want to stay at least this year. See how what he can do. But uh, some other picks in the first round, I think we should talk about. The Raiders took the first receiver in the draft, and they went with a guy who was number three, probably Henry Ruggs. I, I like Ruggs a lot, but I'm not stupid enough to think he's better than Jerry Judy or C.D. Lamb. But he ran one of the fastest forty times ever. Well, if we remember about the Raiders, they they are obsessed with speed. I mean, remember when they took Darius yeah. Hayward Bay years ago? <laughs> Yeah, that's been their thing, and you would think, you know, Al Davis has been dead for a decade, but no. Yeah, they uh, Rudin, they like Rudin speed for whatever reason. Yeah, and I it's, mean, it's not a horrible because he's good. Yeah, exactly. The Raiders always draft very interestingly, though. I remember last year it seemed like they just got a, got a bunch of guys off character, but hey, Josh Jacobs ended up being pretty good. Yeah, the guy they took at number four was probably like the 15th best player, and it's like, well, if you really like a guy, I don't know. Yeah. Um. The next, actually, the next four picks here are all kind of interesting. The Bucks wound up with the uh, fourth tackle taken, Tristan Wirfs. Who might who have was, been like the best, right? Yeah, he was projected to go to the Giants at four. And so that's a, a steal. Yeah, and of course. They got a, a tackle for Brady. It's like, I was actually uh, talking to Tommy, you know, friend of the podcast. And he, I asked him, I'm like, so how do you like the Giants pick? And he said, awful. He said, you know, yeah. if you're going to get an offensive tackle, why get the fourth best one? And it's like, yeah, he's right. And then I remember I texted him later on and said, go figure Brady somehow gets the number one offensive tackle to co- come protect him right away in Tampa Bay. Yeah, well, we really, really don't know. I mean, oh, yeah, but Andrew I mean, Thomas was the top rated tackle like five months ago. So things change. I think Worf's had a huge combine. Yeah, the combine can make all the difference. Yeah. 
So the Niners, they uh, remember they traded one of their defensive linemen to the Colts for their first round pick. And uh, they went and just drafted another defensive lineman. Kind of strange. I think everyone thought they were going to target a receiver, which they did later in the in the, the draft. Brandon Ayuk out of Arizona State. So, uh, but with this 14 pick, another defensive lineman. So they have all. They still have all these first round first rounders on the line. That seems to be their strategy. And to me, it, it was a bad pick because at 15, the Broncos were able to get Jerry Judy, who I think should have been drafted like in the top eight. I think that guy was great. Yeah, he's a. It'll be uh, they got the Broncos there. They might have themselves a nice little offense there because they went and got uh, Melvin Gordon also, right? So they got Jerry yeah. Judy, Gordon. We'll see how uh, Lindsey. Lindsey. Who are their yeah. other receivers? Oh, they have uh, a Sutton. Sutton. Yeah, who I thought a, was it was stupid. He fell to him last year in the second round. Yeah, so that was. Tampa, I, I mean, Trevor might have something really special there when you look at, down the line in three, four years, two, three years. Well, I mean, they're Jerry setting Judy, up their uh, their QB for success. Yeah, they are. And uh, it's a good thing because you want to find out if that guy's good or not. Because you don't want to have him sit around with no no one to throw to. And then five years later, you're like, now we need to move on. Find out this year whether he's good. Because if he's not productive this year, then he's just not good. Yeah, and then you'll have to go figure out getting someone else, maybe someone out of the draft or something. Uh, the, the the guy who's maybe the number one receiver on a lot of those boards, C.D. Lamb, went, fell all the way to 17 to the Cowboys. Yeah. Which is also strange, incredible. Strange pick because I think the Cowboys have one of the better receiver duos. And now uh, Michael Gallup's going to be a third receiver. So, I mean, maybe they just need to. Maybe that's something to. I mean, has Prescott signed yet? No. Maybe that's something to kind of convince Prescott, hey, yeah. sign for less. I mean, not, you know, not saying for less, but I mean, sign with whatever we want to give you and. Don't be like greedy because look at these weapons you have around you now. Like we have, you know, potential. I know the Cowboys right now are sitting at about 17 to one after that draft to win the Super Bowl. And uh, so, I mean, you never know. I mean, the Cowboys, I think the Cowboys win their division this year. I mean, this is way too early take, but I mean, I don't think there's much uh, competition. Exactly. And I mean, the Redskins and Giants are garbage and I'm still, I'm just not too sold on the Eagles. I mean, Carson Wentz just keeps getting hurt, and it's just not that same team that it was that won the Super Bowl a couple seasons back. Well, Philly has a backup plan for Carson Wentz. Yeah, they, yeah, they did. Uh, Why don't we just talk about that right now? That's one of the, yeah, the picks. The, the Eagles Jaylen desperately Hurts. needed receiver help, and they ended up with Jalen Rager, who uh, was not one of the top three guys, and they, they wanted to move up to try to get one of the top three guys. They didn't. And the guy they took, I think, isn't necessarily rated than some of the receivers that went behind him. But they they desperately need a receiver, so that's who they went with. But then in the second round, they drafted Jalen Hurts from you know Alabama and Oklahoma, big time college producer. But no one really knows what to expect out of him. But you already got a franchise quarterback who you're paying going to be paying thirty million a year. It's strange. Indeed, I it think is. there's someone else that they could have uh, could have helped the team more. But they believe they can play him together that, you know, he helps prevent uh, any huge issues if they have a injured quarterback, which uh, they have had an injured quarterback because Wentz has missed every playoff game the last three seasons. <laughs> and uh, they ended up winning a Super Bowl with his backup once. So if they want to try to do that again. They need a good backup. But I still yeah. hate it. Yeah, I guess we'll just have to we'll have to see. Yeah, and the the pick after the Eagles, uh, the Vikings took Justin Jefferson. So this was the Vikings pick from Buffalo. They traded Stephon Diggs, so they immediately replaced him with Justin Jefferson, who made a 
million huge plays this past year. We'll have to see whether he was a product of just a great offense or he really was a standout guy. And then I think the uh, the most controversial pick of the first round had to be Jordan Packers. Love going to the yep. Packers. Yeah, that was very interesting. <laughs> I uh, yeah. actually saw something that uh, I was looking at some of the team's draft grades because I was just curious what they were going to give the Steelers. And I just looked at everybody's and the Packers were given an F. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of reasons why this was a bad pick that Rodgers is uh, kind of stuck with him, that he just signed a new deal very recently. They can't really just like cut him like a lot of NFL players you can cut that if they, they cut him after next season, even they'll have a huge like liability. So if the plan was like this guy will sit a year behind Rodgers um, and then start, that can't really work. Also, you don't want to have him sit three years because you give away so much value. So there's so much value in a first-round quarterback because they make no money and you're able to build around. That's why you see the Ravens and the Chiefs this year were top performers. The Seahawks were an example of a team with a young quarterback that built a Super Bowl team around them. That, that, that's kind of a huge advantage just to have a young quarterback you're paying nothing. But even if Jordan Love succeeds and he has to sit three years, you're already paying him a big amount of money and you already blew that. Yeah, well... Uh... I'd like to see this guy succeed, yeah. though. We, we, we've seen him before. We've seen some of these weird Mountain West games. Oh, yeah. That this guy likes to throw. I mean, he's he's a Brett Favre type. Yeah, he's a, he definitely likes to throw. I mean, I, I've known about Jordan Love for a while because, like you said, yeah, being in that Mountain West, those random divisions, I've you know definitely find myself. I've definitely bet on some Utah State games over the last two, three years, and that's how you get to know some of these guys. But it's always funny because you'll see these guys in games that you bet on throw four touchdowns and 413 yards and you're like oh well it's mountain west it doesn't matter and then well, it, it happens in the first round yeah but yeah it's uh, I, I again that's in i'd like to see him succeed i think uh there's a lot of people who think he's absolutely terrible because he threw almost 20 interceptions as a you know college player this year but we don't know what he's going to be like in the nfl he played again he played at utah state yeah, exactly. Sure with any uh, other NFL talent. Uh, the last first-round pick I want to highlight is uh, the Chiefs taking Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, a running back out of LSU. Guy who can do everything for LSU last year, their you know, title-winning team. Seems like that was the player the Chiefs were targeting. Wasn't really slotted to go this high. He wasn't the best running back in the class, but it's the guy they wanted because he fits their offense. And that's always scary. The Chiefs don't need more of these guys. Yeah, that's a. Uh, it is. It is scary to think that they uh, were able to snag one of those top uh, running backs. I know a lot of my friends were afraid that they thought for sure they were going to end up with Swift or uh, Taylor. But uh, I think you're just right. I think just Edwards Hilaire goes just better with their offense. Although uh, I don't know how Damian Williams must feel. He he was big in that Super Bowl, but I guess in these in these offenses they all all get touches. So. Yeah, yeah, they'll they'll get it figured out. I mean, they do some special things and whatnot. All right. Well, we still have more to talk about with the draft. I do want to talk about our local teams and how they did. So uh, uh, the Internet's not working well for me right now. I'm trying to pull up the Rams draft. I knew they took Van Jefferson. It's a cool name, but he wasn't yep. their first pick. Nope. Their first pick was the running back out of Florida State, Cam Akers. Yeah, that was a productive guy. They definitely needed a new uh, number one because Daryl Henderson's not a number one. He's just kind of a guy. That's right. I completely forgot they lost Gurley. 
Yeah. Gurley went to Atlanta, right? Yeah, well, they didn't lose him. They they told him to go home. They told no, him they to still, you, know, you, you tell someone to go home, you still lose him. Like, you lost him. They're gone. Yeah, but they definitely needed a, a new back, I, I, a new number I one. I forgot about that. Yeah, wow. That is interesting. That is, the Rams are fucked. <laughs> I just, <laughs> yeah, that's just so funny. That team that was such a good offense that everyone thought McVay was like this mad scientist, and then they look like shit in the Super Bowl. They look like shit last season, and then now they just look lost. But we'll see. I mean, he got some offensive help. You got Cam Akers, and then, like you said, your cool name, Van Jefferson from Florida. Yeah, and they uh, they also told Brandon Cooks to get out of here, and he went to Houston. And uh, so they needed a replacement for him as well. So they still have a good core receiving core, I think. Cooper Cup and uh, Robert Woods, and if this rookie can do anything. Yeah. They then it looks like they got some uh, defensive help after that, getting uh, Terrell Lewis from Alabama, and I assume he's if you're a linebacker from Alabama, usually you're pretty good. Yeah, you've played with some other good players. You can slot in, and um, then uh, their other uh, defense, their fourth round pick was, uh, or their third round pick, still their fourth pick, safety from Utah, Terrell Burgess. And again, if you're uh, getting a defensive guy from Utah, you're probably getting a pretty good guy. So. You know, they definitely drafted from some good schools here. And then yeah, they went and the, got... Uh, what was that? We got cut, oh. tangled up. Go ahead. Yeah, go for it. Oh, no, I was just going to say who their next pick was. I was going to say that even though they didn't have a first-round pick, they they had a, a good amount of picks. So Yeah, they, they definitely... They need, they need bodies because they lost a lot of guys this offseason. Yeah, I mean, they still... It looks like, according to this, they had... Uh, what, there for like Like eight picks or something, nine picks. Yeah, two seconds and two thirds. So, yeah. So then, uh, that depth up. Then they went and got a tight end from Purdue, Bryson Hopkins, who I don't know anything about. I think most of these guys now I don't really know anything about. I remember the first couple names, but yeah, these are all guys you, you hope work out. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes you find the weirdest uh, players, but, uh, from weird schools you've never heard of, and then you have what is their, their last pick. Yeah, their seventh round, their seventh round pick. They they got a kicker though. I don't know. Maybe they think Greg Zerline, maybe uh, that hamstring only has so much more life on it or something. Um, did he leave? Did he leave? I mean, it would make sense if he left because I don't know why you yes, draft a kicker. That's what then. I thought. I was like, wait, I'm pretty sure he, he's he gone. He went to the Cowboys. Whoa, he went to the Cowboys. Yeah. Ooh, he I signed a big deal. Call me crazy, but I mean, I'm, I'm very tempted at 17 to 1 odds on the Cowboys this year. Cowboys defense is horrible. I know it is, but I mean... They're going to score 40 that offense, game, was, that offense was number one in the league last year, like with yards or whatever, and they yeah. didn't make the playoffs. So that just tells you. But I don't know. There's something about him this year. I just feel like, I just feel like Jerry's got one more in him before he hits the hay. Well, it was considered the best draft uh, this this year. Their their second round pick, Trevon Diggs, was a first round prospect. So they they needed a corner because their best defensive player, Byron Jones, left in free agency. So. But yeah. yeah, there's so many Cowboys fans, and I think they have something to be excited about. I mean, that'll be a, f- a fun team to watch. I'd love teams that give up 30 but score 40. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But uh, continuing with our our local teams, uh, the Chargers they picked in the top 10. We already discussed Justin Herbert and uh, you know what he's going to need to do to succeed. But they also uh, traded up to get another first rounder, and they took Kenneth Murray, the linebacker out of Oklahoma. And if you had told me like in November that the Chargers would have drafted Herbert and Murray as their two picks from day one, I'd be super excited that like I 
at that time, like I loved both those players. Murray was thought to be maybe a top 10 pick. Um, I don't think he did showed that well at the combine combine and fell a bit, but I mean, I love the pick. He's, he's a leader on defense. He's the guy in the middle that you, you want to play for your team for 15 years. Um, he might not be the most athletic, but he'll produce. I think I said to you, like, he won't be bad. That's at a minimum. He won't bust. And they just, they need that. They have a very weak linebacking core. So they needed someone to come in, help stop the run because their defense has been, despite having a ton of stars, hasn't been very good with when uh, Denzel Perryman been, has been out. And he's kind of their middle linebacker who helps stop the run, but he gets hurt all the time. So they just need something more reliable right there. So I don't mind that they gave up their second and third round pick to get this guy. Yeah. And then and, uh, yeah, another big name guy who played Oklahoma. Played in a lot of big games. Yeah. In the fourth round, they went local. They took uh, Josh Kelly, running back out of UCLA. Who? How do you like that? Sp- I know you're a UCLA guy. I like it. I liked Justin Jackson, who they had as you know slotted in as their other running back next to Eckler. But I think they thought Kelly was so good that they couldn't pass him up. And uh, I do think he's a guy who can uh, succeed as a different type of running back next to. Eckler that they, they they need different types of running backs because Eckler's just not an every down guy, and um, I like I like whenever you go local. Now there's a good chance he doesn't pan out at all, but yeah, it's worth it. He he performed pretty well in some bad UCLA teams, so I like that. All right, yeah, I guess we'll see. In the fifth, they took a receiver out of Virginia who's probably going to be more of a return man. He had a a number of return touchdowns for them, but. Maybe could uh, play a little receiver. So that's Joe Reed. And the the sixth, they took great name, Alohi Gilman. I was just looking safety. at that. I, almost, I just kept wanting to say Aloha. Yeah. Safety out of Notre Dame. The last time they took a, uh, I guess, a Hawaiian-looking guy from Notre Dame. Didn't work out, Manti Teo. But, uh, it didn't work, well, guy, didn't work out for his own reasons. <laughs> this guy doesn't look uh, – they're not expecting as much. He's going to be a special teamer, I think. And then their last pick was exciting for me, maybe for you as well. KJ Hill at Ohio State, who had a pretty good career for them, but I guess was really slow at the combine and really fell. Oh, really? He was thought to be like, you know, maybe a second or third round pick. I uh, fell all the way to the seventh round, huh? Yeah. So um, that might I be a steal. Picking, that might be a steal. When they were picking the fifth round, I was like, they need a receiver. Go with KJ Hill, and then they took this guy Reed, and I was like, okay, they still got a receiver because they. They desperately needed a third receiver, despite having Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. They had nobody at number three last year, and it really hurt them. And, yeah, I mean, uh, well, especially because Mike Williams didn't score his first touchdown until like week like fifteen or something, didn't he? Like week fourteen. Yeah, yeah. You know why I remember good. that? Andy? You want to know why I remember that? You had him on your team? No, because I went against him because I did have him on my team, and I got rid of him. And then producer Luke picked him up, and go figure, he scored his first touchdown. My team was so much better than Luke's, and Luke had Williams and Eckler that game when they. Beat the shit out of somebody where Eckler had like a 90 yard run. Oh, Jacksonville. Or yeah, that was in, yeah. insane. So, the interesting thing about KJ Hill is that who his story is very similar to Keaton Allen, who um, was injured during the combine and was slow and fell to the third round. And, but everyone knew like this guy was super productive. He runs great routes. He could still be a productive receiver and, and ended up being like a top 10 guy. So, if they get anything close to that, KJ Hill is a huge deal. But, you can't expect that. You can't expect to get uh, something like that twice, but maybe something close, maybe just a solid number three receiver. That's all they need. 
Yeah. Well, uh, no. good luck to the Chargers. I mean, obviously, we know the Chiefs are the the big dog still in that division. I believe they're actually the Super Bowl favorite still at like five and a half to one odds or whatever. But uh, you never know with the rest of that division. I mean, anything could happen. The AFC last year was definitely open for grabs with the wild card. And then as we know, they're adding that seventh wild card team in it this year, right? Yeah. So you never know. I guess we'll, um, there's definitely a chance to, for the chargers to sneak in there this year, even if they are able to snag second in that division, but, uh, that'll be a interesting division there with the Raiders and Broncos. I still think the Broncos are a couple years away, but, uh, we'll see with the Raiders. I mean, it'll be their first year in Vegas. Hopefully, uh, by September, they'll be able to fill that stadium with, uh, people. I think if the mayor or governor, whoever it is out there had it her way, it would be filled tomorrow. Yeah, that but, mayor uh, made some news this past week. Yeah, that'll be probably for another podcast. Um, I do want to ask you, do we want to consider the, the Raiders a local team? I mean, they're closer now. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm thinking That's about what, it. I mean, hey, they were, they were a local, not a local team, but I mean, they were a team talked about a lot because they were in California, but now they're literally cut the drive in half. Yeah, they're basically in extended Los Angeles, so. That's what I always thought was funny because it's like before, like I was talking about a few years back, it's like before the Chargers, I mean, yeah, we had the Chargers were the closest team to us in San Diego about an hour and a half away or so. And then you think like, oh, this, you know, your other two California teams, Oakland, San Francisco, it's like, uh, hold on. The next closest team was the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. So it's kind of, kind of funny, but, uh, no, I, I, I'll consider Vegas local. I mean, my, uh, you can live out deep in like the inland empire area. You're really only like two and a half, like not two and a half, but like three hours away to, from Vegas with no traffic. Some people travel that to, uh, just go to a charger game on the train or something. Yeah. And those people are inspiring. All right, well, let's uh, let's go through their uh, draft. We already said they got a Henry Ruggs, but also in the first round, they drafted Damon Arnett out of Ohio State. This was uh, one of the picks from the Cleo Mack trade, I believe. So they went with uh, another um, guy who played in the college football playoff. That's kind of the, uh, the knock on this new administration for the Raiders as they like players from big schools. So Arnett is no exception. He wasn't yeah. slotted to be uh, drafted this high. But he was still a good prospect, very productive at Ohio State. But he had some uh, character issues. He considered uh, you know, don't, quitting don't the team at one point. Yeah. Well, Ohio, Ohio State had a good do that there. Yeah. Ezekiel a lot of DBs. <laughs> All right. Um, then who do they get next here? Where, where is this school? Oh, that, never mind. That's his position. Wait, so no. Where did he, this guy go to school? What? The next guy. Lynn Bowden. Kentucky. So he Kentucky. played. he played a little quarterback in Kentucky last year. That's kind of strange, but he's a he's a receiver, you know, slot guy, do everything kind of guy. I liked him, thought it was a, a good pick. But then the, the next pick, they took Brian Edwards, another receiver. From where? So they took three from South Carolina. So they took three okay. receivers in their first four picks, and they had not that they had a great receiving core because they definitely didn't, but they had guys. They had Tyra Williams. So they had give him a big contract too. They had Hunter Renfro. I don't know. They just want a lot of receivers. But then their next two picks, they went with uh, two Clemson guys. So that's a classic Gruden right there. Yeah, he does like his Clemson boys. So they took Is he actually like buddies with uh, that coach? Uh, probably. I, I think that's say, so odd to like consistently just love picking your Clemson guys. Yeah, so Tanner Muse out of Clemson and John Simpson, a guard. Oh, any relation to Bart? Uh, <laughs> he's black. So okay, Andy. <laughs> Bart's yellow. I mean, <laughs> you call him Bart White, Andy. 
Well, Dr. Hibbert is black, so there well, are black people in the Simpsons universe. Okay, I get what you're saying now. Yeah. All right. I mean, there's also kind of, is there any Carl white people? Carl is black. Carl is black. Yeah. And the little girl. There's a little black girl, too. Uh, there's the reporter, or like the oh, yeah, Asian. So. Yeah. So they have races in Simpsons universe. Yeah, they do. Alrighty, well. All right. Well, you want to talk about what your team your team did? They didn't have a first round pick because they got a yeah. So Minka, which was a yeah, great deal. Like, yeah, exactly. So that's why I was saying this here. Like it was kind of like the Steelers didn't have their like typical like it just felt like really really good draft, and I think a lot of that had to do with because they didn't have a first round pick. But then, like I was telling people, I was like, well, the they wouldn't have picked anyone better than who they have at that first round pick anyway. I mean, Minka Fitzpatrick single handedly helped that. I mean, made that defense better and almost got them into the playoffs last year with guys like Devlin Hodges and uh, Rudolph at quarterback. I mean, it was just bad once uh, Roethlisberger got hurt last year, but so I'm okay with that. Not having a first round pick, but yeah, their first pick in the second round, chase Claypool wide receiver, Notre Dame. And that's just what the Steelers do. The Steelers always get a, themselves a wide receiver early in like the first or second round. And that receiver always ends up panning out. It seems like, so I'm pretty confident with it. That chase Claypool will, hopefully do something good. I mean, I remember definitely watching some of his games because Notre Dame is uh, one of those public teams that's on TV a lot. A lot of people, doesn't matter where you live, a lot of people are Notre Dame fans. So him going to the Steelers, I think uh, will hopefully do well for him. I think he'll be able to do something there. And then uh, he's different yeah, than a, other guys they've gotten before. Yeah, he's like more of like a big guy. Because, yeah, I'm reading this. He's the second wideout to measure six foot four, two hundred thirty five pounds or bigger, and run a sub four forty five in the forty. So the other yeah. guy is Calvin Johnson. Good so boy, yeah, well, that's good. I'll, good company. Yeah, and then uh, I really don't know much about a lot of these other guys they got. I mean, Alex Highsmith. You know, Charlotte's kind of a random school, but uh, a lot of times, you know, there can be some talent that come out of those schools. I think I want to say, from what I can remember, Charlotte was a pretty good defensive team last year, so. He must be good. And then, I don't know, maybe you know more about this guy, but I don't really know much about Anthony McFarland from Maryland, the running back. I was very disappointed because I saw Anthony McFarland Jr. And I'm like, holy shit, Booger's son? Hmm. And it is, is not it? Booger's son. Oh, okay. It is not. But he he is Anthony McFarland as well. So that's a that good, was very uh, disappointing that's a good to me. Um, but Steelers have like 900 running backs at all times. That's just kind of what they do. Yeah. So you got to trust them. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, we'll see how it goes. And then they, yeah, they added a, a guard from Louisiana, Kevin Dotson, a safety from Maryland, Antoine Brooks Jr. And then defensive tackle from Nebraska, Carlos Davis. And I, I remember I was seeing something that said they were, uh, that they were pretty excited about getting that Carlos Davis. That they said that was a good pick for them for their uh, defensive tackle. Or I think like Kevin Dotson also it might've been Dotson actually that I saw that was the good pickup for them at, at guard. So, We'll see. I mean, the Steelers were, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's getting uh, getting a little, starting to get a little worried there with them. As I see, the Ravens look like they're going to be good for a while. I know they had a good draft. And then, you know, the Bengals are a young team. So the Steelers better have to, you know, hopefully they can do something soon. I don't know who's going to end up being the guy after Big Ben, but they'll need to figure it out if they want to compete with some of these teams in that division a few years down the road here. Yeah, I mean that seems it seems like a vote of confidence in uh, whatever Rudolph when they didn't take another quarterback here, but I don't I don't know. I think uh, well, I saw something that has a uh, the Steelers are the third favorite team to 
land Cam Newton. I mean, I'm not saying that's obviously going to happen because the Patriots are like almost are now like minus 190 or something to be the team to get him. And then it was like the Jaguars at three to one and then the Steelers at seven and a half to one. So it's just interesting that the Steelers are actually on the on the board for a potential home for him. Yeah, I wonder if that would be a a midseason thing or something. I can't imagine that he would want to play for the Steelers being a backup. Yeah, but I don't know where he's going to. I mean, it, it might he might have to be a backup at most places unless he goes to like uh I, don't, I mean, yeah, New England, I guess. Cuz who's in Jacksonville right now? Was it Foles? No, the uh oh. the Minshew. Oh, Minshew. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do with that. I mean, it seems like the that he has had a pretty big wave of popularity because of his style last year. But uh yeah, we'll see. I mean, it'll be interesting to see where him I mean, we all know wherever Winston goes, he'll be a backup, but It'll be interesting oh, to see what Oh, with where? With uh, the Saints. Oh, I think I... D- yeah, I think you just signed today. Oh, then, yeah, I don't think I did hear that yet. Okay, well, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, that seems to be their tradition is uh, let's get a former first-round pick quarterback who didn't work out with his other team, and then if Drew Brees gets hurt, he'll be successful. So There you go. <laughs> there you go. Drew Brees will never retire, though, I don't think uh yeah probably not i don't know drew Brees will be playing until he's like 62 yeah well the last thing i want to talk about with this draft was the uh basically the tv coverage which at times was impressive that they're able to pull this whole thing off with people all working from home that it seemed to work pretty well it had all the the same music that they've been using for the last 500 years um but the really strange thing with the tv coverage was the like personal stories that they, they do from time to time they seem to have one for every player this year, and they were all just horrible tragedies. Yeah, that would, it's funny you say that because uh, I was in a, I've been in a group text with a, actually all my buddies that I play fantasy football with, and we were they were all talking about it too. And one of them had talked about how like one receiver that was dra- I don't know if he was a receiver, but one player that was drafted it said like his mom had like sixteen year drug addiction. It's like how is that relevant to him being drafted? Yeah, <laughs> like ran a four four forty, bench lifted this was a 3.0 GPA. Mom had a drug problem. It's like, okay, like, what are you trying to do right now? It's like the, there, they're all trying to just depress everybody right now. There was one guy where it said, like, his his dad drowned, saving him and his brother, and then his brother was struck by lightning. And I was like, oh, <laughs> fuck. That's Final Destination. <laughs> but, That's, uh, what, my goodness. Was his so last name Kennedy? <laughs> Not as in so your family, them, Andy. Yeah. So I think it was Cesar Ruiz, uh, the Saints' first-round pick. They were, you know, they show him with his family at his at his house there, and uh, the host there was like, "Oh, he's there with uh, his mom, his brother, his sister." And uh, you'll you'll notice his dad isn't there because he's dead. <laughs> Jesus! It really was so like brutal. It was, it was like what the it, fuck? And there was like um, another one too, where it was like talking about like, "Oh, his dad was a general. His dad was this, and then his dad killed himself when he was like thirteen. It's like okay, like yeah, there goes Jordan Love, yeah. Yeah, I think it was Jordan Love, actually. And it was just like, like there was one guy that got drafted that I think everybody was kind of surprised. Like, why did he get drafted before? And I said it was probably because of his story was better. <laughs> his sob story was better. But it's like, I just don't understand that. It's like, this is the draft. I mean, I, I guess you want to like feel for the guy because it's like, oh, he came from this and now he's here. But it's like, you know, it's supposed to be a day of celebration. We don't like some of that stuff could be like, okay, if he dedicates like he wears this number, wears this because of that. It's like, okay, but not every single person needed to. Uh, have a story of, you know, yeah. like a 
parent being dead or having drug addiction or a brother dying or a kid dying. I mean, it's just like, come on. And that's something you save to like year three in the NFL when they're an established player. And then you're like, oh, and they have they have this story or something. I don't know. Um, I was thinking at, at this kind of sounds it sounded like the like a bad Terminator movie where like someone was sending Terminators back and pa- back into the past to cause ac- accidents of future NFL prospects or something. Because like, how, what are the odds that all these people have these horrible backstories with parents dying and stuff? It just seems like it was too much of a coincidence someone did this on purpose or unless just losing a parent makes you a, a great potential NFL player. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, you never know. Definitely strange to, you know, highlight on it and that the tone wasn't right. Cause it was like some of them. Yeah. were just like in their stats, like three year starter dead sister. And I was like, what, what? Come on. Yeah. I don't, I mean, am I just like, I mean, was this just the first year we've noticed it? Because it seemed like there wasn't a, it had to be, it was more of like just on TV or is it like, have they, I mean, have they always been that like deep of stories? I feel like it hasn't. Yeah. I mean, you definitely will see stuff like that. I'm trying oh, to, no, I know that, but it just it seemed like but... it was like, it's the same thing when you watch like American Idol or something, there was always like that one person who they did like a 12 minute yeah. spiel on. And then it was like, okay, you, we already know this person's getting past the first round or else why would we be getting to know them this personally? No one's going to get to know someone and, you're not going to hear their sad story and then be like next. So, yeah. I mean, those people you always knew were going to move on, but obviously who knows how far they really got, but it's, it's, it's just all bullshit, you know, like no need to, there's no reason to like hear these stories. I mean, these are all sad stuff. It's like, you know, it was a f- nice evening. We're all wanting to watch the draft, enjoy it. And then they just make it so sad. Yeah. But I mean, we've heard stuff like this before. Like, I don't know if you remember, uh, Manti Teo, his like grandma died and then his girlfriend died. It's a pretty crazy story. I don't oh, know. Andy, I that, you have that wrong. That was the same person. Oh, it was more than that. <laughs> yeah, that guy had some problems. Sean, I'm actually impressed you remember that guy's story. I don't. I was saying his grandma and his girlfriend were the same person. I was pretty oh, close to the truth. Yeah, that, that's why I was laughing because the whole point was that he never really had a girlfriend. That he said died oh, of. I remember this person like died of cancer, and every like week when he would like win after an NFL after a college game, he'd go over there, and it's like. Everybody got to know this like made up person. It's kind of crazy, honestly, how he pulled all that off. Well, he was psychopathic and he was too embarrassed to say it. Yeah. God, still, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Mormons. And I think that was around the time that Catfish show was around because I, if I'm not mistaken, I think the guy like reached out to him or something, didn't he? Yeah, probably. <laughs> okay, I'm an expert on this. Here's what happened. All righty. Well, is that going to be the sports world for today? Yeah. It was a good episode. It was. Yeah. I mean, we got some, uh, Got the draft in, you know, it's something to look forward to, give you hope of a, of a better time, you know, hopefully, uh, sometime in the near future, we will uh, see something again. I mean, I was just saying though, the other day, Andy, even if basketball or uh, hockey did come back, it's like, I still just can't vision someone lifting the Stanley cup or NBA championship for no fans. I don't mind watching it with no fans, but I mean, just when it comes down to the end of it, it's like, but I guess they have to realize that even if there's no fans there, people are watching from home. So just pretend like. They're going wild. Yeah, they'll yeah. do like a Zoom meeting for like 10 lucky fans and they'll put them on the Jumbotron or something. Oh, that's what they did for the NFL draft. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's really dumb. Yeah. Well, desperate times, Andy. Yeah. But yeah, all right. You've been listening to episode 168 of the Tony's Take podcast. I'm Sean and joined with me in quarantine is Tony Katz. Yes, hello. Thanks for listening and keep listening. And the man who runs a 
30 minute mile off road, Andy. I'm I'm improving during this quarantine. Don't worry. I'll get to 26. <laughs> Have you been running, Andy? No, I actually haven't. It's uh, bad. I need to. I was going to say, I've actually been running a pretty decent amount again, which is nice. I ran last Friday. But okay. Make sure you uh, check out our entertainment pod, and we'll see you later.